0: You're listening to Nick's Naxx on KFKA, hosted by Nick Kenney. Nick is the CEO of the Greeley Philharmonic Orchestra and the 2019 Greeley Chamber Ambassador of the Year. Nick's Naxx also touches on local and global issues through Nick's perspective, offering unique insights into the world's happenings. Prepare to learn something new in this thought-provoking and entertaining show. (laughs) Can't you see that it's just raining? There yeah. ain't no
1: need to go outside. Hey, you're the listening to Nick's Nacks on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, Northern Colorado's voice. I'm your host, Nick Kenny, here in the Allo Communications studios in downtown Greeley. And I have special guest, Deanne Zolke. Is it the name right? Yeah, you did. Zolke. You did great. Z U H L K E. Yes. Zulki.
0: Yeah. What's where's that from? Um German.
1: It's ah. German. Nah. Wait, no, that's Russian. <laughs> we don't want to We don't want to <laughs> say that on air. Shame on Russia right now. And for right. a while. Mhm. But Zulki. Yes. Well, it's so good to have you on the show. Thank you. This will be a little laid-back episode today. I say that, but uh, I had an incredible experience last week. We did not have a Knicks Knacks during my normal recording time because uh, I was up in the mountains at Camp Braveheart. And I made the joke with folks that uh, I thought Camp Braveheart was a reenaction of the movie Braveheart. And, um, you know, when I tell people what it actually was, they— they it's usually funny, you know, mm-hmm. but when people get to hear what Camp not Pray for it actually was. I'm sitting here yelling,
0: freedom! Right, we put the blue paint on our face. Exactly.
1: Go. Oh, gosh. No, but um, Deanne is the executive director of the Community Grief Center in Greeley. Um, how long have you been the, the ED of the Community Grief Center?
0: For about a year and a half. That's it? Yeah. Gosh, it
1: feels like you've been connected so much longer in the community
0: well I was connected with the community grief center about four years ago when I did my internship there fell in love with it and so when the position came available I jumped on it so cool. I've been with them longer but as the ED I've been there for about a year and a half
1: well they're so lucky to have you and I'm so lucky to know you um, we're going to just talk about grief today um, and hopefully you'll all stay tuned and, and just recognize all the wisdom and insights that Deanne can bring to this but also my experiences um, in the past week with Camp Braveheart—it was a camp for uh, teens mm-hmm. who have experienced, as I just re- can, unimaginable loss and and pain and suffering, and you know the loss of a parent or a sibling or a friend or um, you know knowing folks who have taken their own lives. It was mm-hmm. holy cow! I had the true privilege to be a companion for for some remarkable kiddos up uh, for a couple of days, but yeah. we'll kind of dive into that. Well, we don't have to go in right now, I guess. Deanne, tell us your journey of, of how you got to be the executive director of the Grief Center. Then we'll dive into the remarkable experiences I think both you and I had um, last week and how it's really changed my perspective, even in the last seven days on life and what's really, truly needs to take up space in my mind.
0: Yeah, um, so, when I was going to Ames, I was bigger um, snaps for bachelor's. Ames community college I love Ames um, I took a death and dying class, and when I was um, kind of going for psychology but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with that um, the death and dying class sounded awful I thought no I want something happy that sounds too, too doomy gloomy um, but somebody encouraged me to take it I did and halfway through I fell in love with it there was just something about grief that really called and pulled at my heart and so when I did my internship I did it at the community grief center and I was unaware that we even had one here in our community so when I found out um, I went talked with uh, Debbie, Dr. Baker, and um, she gave me the opportunity and Nick, it was amazing. So I know you had that experience with Camp Braveheart, but I honestly feel that every day that I go in there. There's just something so beautiful about it um, with the volunteers and the people who come in. And so um, when my internship was over, I was sad because there was no position for me Um, and I continued to volunteer. And I got a job at North Range for the program SES. So Suicide Education and Support Services was still able to do some of the um, grief work that I loved. Um, It was just specific for suicide loss. But um, the community grief center does all grief. So when the position came available, of course, I was I jumped on it. It really is one of my dream jobs, and I'm so lucky that I get to work there.
1: It's so important. Micah's just already trying to get us <laughs> off the air. Boy, his his panicked face <laughs> as we told him, "Micah, <laughs> we're going to turn your music or your microphone off today." Where's that disclaimer? Do we need to play that disclaimer? <laughs> yeah. he's, he's smiling. The opinions of Micah Kilpatrick are not necessarily the. Opinions of radio station KFKA, its staff, management, guests, or any other sane human being. Micah Kilpatrick is a one-of-a-kind weirdo, and we apologize for him. However, he is correct in saying, "Go Broncos." I I did not know that that existed until right before the show, and I regret not using that more in the past two years of Nick Snacks, But uh, I think Micah, that's encompasses you perfectly. You get more of that on the Nerd Show too. Thank you. And that's when, what Michael will say. Boy, his panic face. Okay, well, that was just live radio. It doesn't uh, get any better than this. But, Deanna, it's such an incredible story. Um, I'll go into, like, my experiences. And, of course, we have the whole show to talk about this and the impacts of grief and, um, you know, just how it affects our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was so honored to be reached out to by Al Baker, who's Debbie's husband. And Al's uh, We've kind of know each other pretty well over the past year or so. Um reached out and said, Hey Nick, you know, we're looking for some companions for this camp, Camp Braveheart, which is for teens who are grieving, a loss. Not necessarily a specific loss, just you know, teens who are grieving. Um and then he said, you know, people look up to you, you have a positive imprint and I had to take some time to think okay, this, this sounds right up my alley, my style of volunteerism, how to give back. Um, but do I have the emotional capacity to take that on? Because I had no idea what to expect. I'm not a a, a licensed therapist or a – counselor and i don't pretend to play one on tv or on the radio um so i had to make sure chat with some close friends who are therapists like hey do you think i can do this like I, i'm pretty open i'm you know where i am mentally right now and i got oh maybe nick you know because mm-hmm. um, i didn't want to be able to be that person to commit to something like this and then not have the capacity for for a grieving teenager um that wouldn't be fair to them it wouldn't be fair to me but certainly wouldn't be fair to them and that's not you know, so I took some days. I thought about it. And said, you know what? Yes, let's let's give it a try. Um, we'll see how it goes. And um, I think you know, I knew going into it. I think I'm going to learn just as much, if not more, from these kiddos than they will for me. And that was exactly the case. I'm so glad I took that time to to really look inward to see, hey, can Nick actually do this? Do I have the capacity for this? And not necessarily a selfish, like, what can I get out of this, but what will I learn and how will I grow from this kind of experience? Let me tell you, Deanne, I was petrified. I, the weeks leading up to it, the anxiety got more and more. I'm like, what did I sign up for? <laughs> um, and you called me, I think, that Thursday before. It's like, well, you know, we're going to just meet early on Monday before we go up, get you all trained. I'm like, how can I be trained in three hours? What am I getting into? Um, but as we kind of debriefed in that final few hours of camp, it was like, well, You know how 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 did it go? Honestly, I would rather have had no training or minimal training Mm -hmm. than a. This is what could go on. This is what could happen. This is what you might experience. But I think you and Kristen, uh, who's the executive director for Three Hopeful Hearts up in Fort Collins, Mm -hmm. um, did such a great job of of kind of communicating. What's happened in the past that was, like, major, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, with kids and how they identify with their pronouns or um, having those breakthroughs with grief with themselves and to be able to experience almost all of what you all talked about was just incredible. Um, but I know we're going to kind of talk and dig into the weeds of Camp Braveheart, but what an, I just want to say say thank you for the trust – that you had in me, even though day one I lost two kids for about forty-five minutes and an hour after being—I uh, be more dramatic—but lectured about how you're going to be a parent for the next forty-eight hours. You yeah. need to know where these kids are at all times. Um, and there are there were a lot of males there, and not enough male companions. I mean, mm-hmm. there was just me and Taylor, and that seems to be kind of the the norm with with kind of the camps that you've experienced. Why is it so
0: difficult to find male companions for for what y'all were producing? That's a good question, and sometimes it's hard to find male campers. I think in general for males, it's hard for them to talk about their emotions and find that kind of stuff. There's still, you know, that stigma. You have to be tough. Um, we don't talk about those things, or we don't want to. We don't want to go there. So it can be a challenge. But there's something so unique, um, not for everybody, but for a guy to be able to talk to a guy. Um, and have that opportunity to kind of connect that way. Um, so it's not just about like the room space and we need a camper for the, for the rooms when we, uh, go to bed, but just having that, um, that space for it. But, um, it is a challenge. So I'm not really sure what that is. I would love to know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of, of guy counselors out there. And so it's just finding finding the right person. But I think what what's so great of what you talked about, Nick, is that um, you don't have to be a counselor. So you just have to be someone who cares, who can be in that space. And sometimes we're not sure if that's going to you know be the right fit. But I had a good feeling that um, you would be fantastic and you were you were amazing you just brought a different feel and energy to the group that was so beautiful and needed so i'm so glad that you said okay dan i'll try this
1: driving up with four kiddos in my car just oh my gosh what did i get into (laughs) right but you know one thing that i my family was is is still not you know very good at at communicating of talking about feelings Mm -hmm. um and i've kind of you know taking the 30,000 foot view of like, well, why is that? Why are families this way? Why don't, you know, what makes people more comfortable with sharing than, than not? Um, but with my brothers and I, uh, especially my older brother and some uncles, pretty much the whole family, whenever there's a a difficult topic to have, it's jokes. That's how we cope. And I think that's right. a lot of how a lot of people cope is making those jokes. And I was like, oh, Nick, you can't make jokes when you can't brave heart, you know? But it was I, I kind of brought like my humor and my quick wit and those ridiculous dad jokes that uh, that I always love to share, um, but to be able to listen and to be present. and that was the number one thing uh, Rachel Slick, who was the first guest on Nick Snacks, told me was Nick, just to be present and be ready to listen. And uh, that was the best advice I could have had. Stay tuned for more Nick Snacks. We're here with Deanne Zolke, the executive director of the Community Grief Center in Greeley, as we kind of dive into the experiences both of a camper and companion for Camp Braveheart. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Nick's of 103.1 and 1310 KFKA, brought to you by 477 Distilling. This week they have their peach barrel release, so if you like peach, well, it's like mm. essentially peach bourbon. This is the time of the year as the Palisade peaches are coming out. Oh, it's just a peachy drink. <laughs> Sounds peachy. It's so good. It's so good. I encourage everyone to get down there. That's one that goes fast, too. So uh, and their and their peach bourbon smash is the drink of the month, which is muddled peaches with some some bourbon and some brown sugar. Mm, it's mm. delectable.
0: We should have a sample of it.
1: We should. Yeah. It's been a while since I've had Matt on the show, and I think we're too. well overdue. Um, do that. Uh, and actually, he's going to have a booth at Wines of Note, the GPO's wine tasting festival on August 27th on stage at the Union Colony Civic Center, 2 to 5 p.m. Visit org slash wine to get tickets. Um, there'll be music opportunities to win some allocated bourbons like some Pappy Van Winkle's, some Wellers, some Blantons, um, all that stuff that's really, really, really difficult to find on shelves. But I uh, hope to see you there. org slash wine for Wines of Note Saturday. August 27th. That's a good plug. That's a great plug. As we go back into grief. <laughs> we do not encourage the numbness of grief to be with 477 Distilling pro, uh, Products. But, um, yeah, maybe talk about them. But uh, well, fast forward, Deanna has no idea where I'm going with this show. She's just, I'm just like, looking at you. Uh, my, my apologies. i got a face for radio. <laughs> um, but we started, you know, with uh, with people far more qualified to deal with grief than I am. Um, I think I've caused more grief in people's lives than, you know, that's just my parents and stuff and how they the, – the hellion that they raised by my stubbornness. Um, but, you know, uh, one of the questions going around as we were playing this M&M game in the morning, trying to get to know each other and answer some questions for some icebreakers, but grief is blank. So everyone had an opportunity to share uh, what grief was and um, – I was so happy that I could use a line from WandaVision. I think I've talked about this on on uh, the Nerd Show with Scott and with Micah, but one of my favorite lines from that toward the end of that series is with Vision and Wanda, because they're madly in love and you know, have this, this kind of fake world and life at that moment that Wanda created. But Vision had said to her, like, what is grief if not love persevering? Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was so beautiful because that's – that articulates so clearly why you miss somebody, why you long for them to be back because you loved them. Um, you had that relationship or a connection with that person. So kinda embodies grief. And then even further going on to say I think the only guarantees in life are taxes, death, and I think grief because okay. – Everyone, and I don't know the statistics, but I think everyone will experience grief at least at one point in their life. Unless you're like the Grinch living atop a mountain, you're going to have a connection to somebody, you're going to lose somebody. Um, And it's inevitable. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Which stinks. And how do you cope with it? And uh, the training was fantastic. Um, learning about what we could experience and for it to actually happen uh, the ways that it did. Filling out my survey the other day that I still have to give to Kristen um, is like, what, what was your, some of your favorite moments and how could we do better? Really? I don't see how the camp could have gone any better. Um, but we'll just take you on our, our weekend journey, which the funny thing was we didn't know what to call it. Is it a week journey because we started on a Monday?
0: Yeah, yeah, it feels like a week, but it's not really a week. It's three days. So, yeah.
1: yeah. We call it the weekend, but it wasn't really the weekend. And um, at Sky Corral Ranch up in the mountains, it was just a, a beautiful, beautiful space for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, getting the schedules and, okay, I have, I have five five human beings I'm responsible for Um Whew, what a doozy and you know we got up there we got to meet our our, our campers and, and drive on up with all our equipment and stuff that we need um, and it was a packed I mean it was like sun up to well beyond sundown we had planned
0: we did. Um,
1: which is just so detailed and, and you know I was like is this too much is it not enough it was like the perfect amount
0: mm-hmm.
1: of activities of sharing of laughter of, of sadness of just
0: bonding yeah, yeah connection it was beautiful
1: it, that, that's the perfect word for it like of everything that transpired and I had no idea anything like this existed especially in our in our community in our region um, for these what we had 18 campers 19 yeah.
0: campers it was one of our biggest um, teen brave hearts that we've done so far yeah so we had 19 one had to fall out because of school starting early and I think volleyball or something so we um, ended up with 18 teens and seven camp companions. So it was great.
1: And I think we still needed more <laughs> I think companions. So. Yeah. Uh, we got there and had some little icebreakers, got to see our rooms. And that was another thing. I go, oh, my gosh, there's, there's three, one, two, three sets of bunk beds in my room plus one little single mm-hmm. bed. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's five teenagers in this room. A little, a little warm in there, too, because it gets a little toasty in the mountains even even still. Um, and then we got to just started
0: bonding, getting to know each other mm-hmm. um, with uh, what was that web game called? Um, we kind of like it's like a me too type thing where we just take a ball of yarn and we'll say something like I love cats me too and we throw it and so we just kind of get to know each other that way in some of our interest
1: it was so neat because the first person to say me too like I love Star Wars I love cooking I love baking um, you throw the yarn and it just created a web and it showed visually how connected we all are because yes. there is a string attached to everybody sometimes twice or even mm-hmm. three times um, to show how intertwined and connected we all are. And I like, guess you could do that with anybody. You could do that with a classroom. You could do that with a networking group. You could do that with your employees of, hey, I like this, and you'll see how many Shared interests that we, we have, have. Yeah. and that I thought was such a great way to kick off. Like, oh, look at look at all of us. Look at all our our little nerdiness that we have, or our passions, or our interests that are bringing us all together, just in this circle. And um, I was like, that's 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 pretty neat. And then, yes. oh gosh, and there was this downtime. And boy, this was the first first wake up call I had for being a parent for forty eight hours. Um, so you know, two of my, my campers came up, and said, "Hey Nick, can we can we go on a walk?" I was like, yeah just stay around the perimeter and and you know yeah. in the fence, I didn't really realize how big the property was. um so they start going off and then a thunderstorm comes rolling in. it's like, uh- oh. Like, yeah, okay. Well, they're gone. I can't see them. I can't find them. Like, yeah. wait, teenagers didn't stay in my line of sight? How dare they not what listen to an adult? Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh my gosh. So poor Kristen's getting in her jeep to start like 4 wheeling it around, trying to yeah. find these kids. I'm out in a little raincoat trying to find them. Like, oh gosh, they're going to send me home from camp early because no. I was badly behaved. Yeah. Um, we ended up fighting them. I was like, oh, gosh, thank you. because I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I knew yeah. they were going to come back, yeah. but it was like, okay, yeah. let's have a little talk. Let's walk a little bit. Uh, don't leave my eyesight again. I know you <laughs> know exactly where you are. Yes. Um, Oopsie daisies. like, oh, my gosh. That was in the first, like, two hours. I lost two of my campers for a good hour. I'm like, oh, gosh, <laughs> this is how it's starting. Um, then we had dinner. Oh, and just to connect with, with the kids, the, the teens over dinner and just laughing and bonding and sharing stories. And there was one, uh, one kid, he looked like. Uh, when he smiled, Sid the Sloth from Ice Age. Mm-hmm. So I did my Sid the Sloth impression, and that went over pretty well with his sister. And it was just we were laughing so hard. Yes. Just the brightest, you know, smile and kindest, kindest kiddo, and just uh, so much fun laughing around dinner. Um, to uh, gosh, probably the most moving um, part of camp, which was uh, which was sharing about the person that they had lost. And yeah. oh my goodness, that was uh, that mm-hmm. was something else. That was an experience to be a part of.
0: As a big group, yeah, with the stones. We have three stones and we'll say three things about our person. Is that the one that you're talking yeah. about? Yeah.
1: And so we all sat around the little living room area and, um, you know, we had a little talk beforehand of when the companions might recognize things were getting a little heavy, a little deep, a little dark um, to try to bring us back in. We only have two minutes left in this segment, so I'll, we'll probably have to TBC this for for the next. But we started going around on, on okay, who's who's the person that you want to share about you know, mm-hmm. was it a grandparent? Was it a a child? Was it um, uh, you know a sibling, a friend? Um, and everyone brought a picture, and then something of a momentum, a yeah. memento from that person. I um, you know one kid brought a squirrel skin because he used to go hunting with his dad, who was his person, right. um, and. They're just shockingly soft. I will say squirrels are shockingly soft. I, I can't say I've had the opportunity to to pet a squirrel that up close. close. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: but it was powerful. And we passed around this this plate of of jewels, of gems, of mm-hmm. stones, like stones. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to like kind of see which one reminded you and why about that person. Uh, but the thing I'll, I'll leave before we break for a commercial break um, is something that I noticed. Of okay, there are tissues around, but no one's handing them off to yeah. to a person who might be getting a little emotional sharing about their person and i feel like i've known this before or i know it even now is you don't ever offer tissue to somebody who's who's openly crying because it hints to stop crying right uh, if they want to reach for them on their own take them and that's fine um because they're available but if you ever give a tissue to somebody it's kind of sending that signal of you shouldn't be crying now right but more on
0: that or this makes me uncomfortable yeah you know? yeah yeah
1: more on that when we come back from this break stay tuned more next snacks coming up maybe too. One for me and one for you. And we'll be- Welcome back to Knicks snacks here in the Allo Communications Studios in downtown Greeley. Here with Deanne Zolke, the Executive Director of the Community Grief Center. As we're talking about grief and Camp Braveheart, which was a, a camp for teens who have experienced unimaginable loss. Now, I'm going to share something. Well, first, we'll wrap up what we were talking about last segment, which is, if anyone's ever crying around you, I guess if there aren't any tissues out, Deanne, so you're not supposed to, or it's found upon to hand tissues to someone, which, mm-hmm. to recap, is saying, hey, you should probably stop crying. Here you go. That's enough. Uh, as Deanne mentioned, I'm uncomfortable, so here's what I think my reaction should be. Um, but if someone does open up and get a little emotional, but you don't have any tissues out, what do you do? Do you just let it ride. Do you actually put them out on the table? Because that still kind of hints that here you go. Yeah. I guess what's what's the proper protocol? Because I learned something new, and I thought it was really Fulfilling for me to, to know that.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I think just having the tissue close at the center, we have tissues kind of all around, but we don't hand them out. I mean, unless it's a deep cry and you, it's like the booger cry. Yeah. You know, when you have that. The sloppy, the sloppy. Yeah. I mean, you know, come on, go ahead and hand them that. But, um, yeah, not having that, um, that opportunity to be like, okay, let's either quit talking about this or I don't want to see you this sad. I don't want to see you cry. Crying is, is a healthy way of healing and having that opportunity to do that um, and i don't think we give ourselves enough credit for how um, helpful crying can be and then there's people who don't cry and then they feel bad for that so um, just trying to navigate through that and what that looks like for for people who are grieving
1: and everyone's different i think that was Everyone. the most
0: remarkable thing about 25 of us there yeah um
1: just there for different ways and different capacities, and everyone everyone there was sharing about somebody they had lost. And for many, it was well, who do I share about?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that was that was challenging, yeah. um, but it was so neat to go around as we're in, we're in the sharing circle. It wasn't really a circle, but talking about the, the person. Um, gosh, and that's just was hard to sit there and absorb all that and take that in. I think that was one of my reservations before going along to this camp, but it was also so just stunning Mm -hmm. and remarkable to see uh, and feel the energy in the room. It was certainly sad, but there was something, I don't know, optimistic about it or Mm -hmm. energizing or I'm not sure of the word I'm looking for, but there was definitely something there beyond just grief.
0: Yeah. And I think that's kind of that connection and bonding because we all have certain things, And so having that opportunity to talk about it and share about it with people who won't judge that safe space and being able to say things that we might not be able to say to our friends or our family. Um, So having that opportunity, it's like it's okay, and it's it's good. And so I love that, and I I get that feeling every time. And I've had the experience of being in groups, and it is amazing to be just to sit in that space. And I think um, what I get out of it and um, I take with me is that oh, they were able to talk. They were able to share, and that's so huge. Our words are so powerful, and we say these things over and over in our mind. But when we have an opportunity to say it and have it witnessed in front of other people – it's just it's like a a little bit of pressure released, like, oh. and
1: I felt that audible yeah. like uh, release with some with some yeah. of the the campers and companions, like,
0: yeah.
1: and some people chose not to share, and that was okay. Right. It was such a comfortable environment that mm-hmm. you know you see the, the tough guys who opened up and to, yeah. to break down to um, you know having a just a nice conversation like this for it to spiral and then wow that emotion just hit mm-hmm. like a ton of bricks. We did have to call like an audible, a, a little pause halfway through because that was a lot of sharing. And I thought that was just remarkable of the attention everyone was giving to each other, yeah. which is something you don't experience a lot mm-hmm. anymore. Even um, like I'm, we're sitting here with our phones out and I was reading up on even with your phone out face down, it still shows you're not entirely present. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But everyone was that night. And that mm-hmm. was the, the buzzword I was trying to sit, you know, st- stick to with the entire time was to be present Mm -hmm. which was exhausting with all the energies we're trying to to absorb and to be to be in tuned with Um, so that was the sharing circle who that was powerful Mm -hmm. and then my faux pas number two as a parent for for the, the weekend we'll call it Oh, gosh, we were, going, we were on the fire pit roasting marshmallows. <laughs> and, <laughs> and at a certain point, I take over the marshmallow distribution. You kids are coming up left and right. Can I have another one, Nick? Yep, here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Finally, It's like, how many have you had? Ten? And the people look I'm like, Nick. I'm like, I, I, I have no willpower. I can't say no. Have the bag. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Here you go. Take the other bag. Do you want some more chocolate? Oh, right. my gosh. I was the enabler for tummy aches and sugar rushes and crashes. Oh, my gosh. So I was laughing about that. I'm like, well, today I've lost two kids, <laughs> and then I'm giving away, like, a dozen of these giant jumbo marshmallows yeah. to the kids roasting them. I did get a little parenty with with one. I said, hey, if you're just going to burn it, then you're not getting any more marshmallows. Well, he made sure to eat every marshmallow beyond yeah. that. But um, I just kind of laughed, and, and one of the other companions was like, Nick, you know um, – they have to learn on their own their limits for uh, for marshmallows I'm like you know i've had to learn a few times what my limits mm-hmm. are uh, maybe at 477 once or twice I'm like oh yes i'm
0: going to sit here and and drink some water you know yeah. Um, that's so. funny. Although it's difficult when you're the um, companion that's going to be staying in their room. <laughs> and you're like, are you going to be okay? Are you on like a sugar rush? Yep. Luckily, they were all in Taylor's on? room. Yeah. The ones so that I was, It was all right. Yeah, you know, yeah.
1: Yeah. Have another one. It's fun. It was it's like being fun. at the grandparents' house. Oh, yeah. Have all this chocolate. <laughs> have some more
0: peeps. Have this extra can Where's of Where's the soda. Reese's. I think you were the one that says, s'mores are good with Reese's. Super sweet and super sugar. that's were, awesome. That was so
1: much fun. I was just, that was so Always much fun learning. that day one yeah um so yeah you it was just a roller coaster um of, of camp braveheart and then the next morning you and I were part of the chill club you know before the sun well right around sunrise some mm-hmm. groups went hiking some went fishing that was the most popular of the of yes. the time but then we got to play one of my new
0: favorite games oh god which is yes. what, do you remember it um cat goat taco pizza cheese or something yes, like that
1: yes and, the, and they were taco cat Goat cheese pizza. Okay, yes. I got the last two. Yeah. And you got, got all the lot. words, just a little out of, oh my gosh. It's such a fun, fun card game. Fun, game. Um, so we were playing it the more, the, 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 the second morning, um, and it's pretty much, you go away bruised. Your hands go away bruised because you're slapping the deck of cards. You're um, Pounding your chest. If you yeah. draw a gorilla or a Norwall or a chipmunk or I can't remember what it was, um, <laughs> groundhog. And you're just trying to get rid of all your cards, and you're just going around taco cat. Cheese goat pizza, taco cat goat cheese pizza, and I know somebody asked, is that what you order at like a pizza place? A taco. A few times we're like, cheese.
0: You doing okay?
1: There are a few times everyone was like, (laughs) who is this guy? And is is he capable of being here? Um, Oh my gosh, we had just so many laughs and just slapping each other's hands, and boy, some of those kiddos were. Really good and sneaky, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But that was that was a fun game. I played it at a barbecue the night before with some friends or a couple of days before. I go, oh, this is gonna be fun for camp.
0: Oh
1: yeah. Um, it was a hit. But gosh, like again, the connections being made within the, uh, the the groups and you know, some of the opportunities and challenges we all experienced. But I was amazed at, you know, how many activities there were and it never really felt overwhelming. Right. Um they were, you know, they were about an hour long. Some were more popular than others, but you know, I was looking at like introverts and extroverts alike. Like, wow, everyone is trying their best to be as engaged as possible. Yep. Um, you know, from the pond time with paddle boarding, with canoe races, with kayak races, mm-hmm. um, with fishing was really popular, and I got to tap into my great uncle who taught me to fish his knowledge. Granted, I was so grateful that one of the campers is dad, who who he was celebrating as this person. Um, taught him how to fish because i was like hey can you help with this line hey can you help rehook this can you help with the bobber it's been so long since i fished i could just basically bait the fish for everyone and then be the positive reinforcement yay you caught a fish good one um they did they did they slayed it some
0: good fish in there yeah
1: there was i mean it was like fishing with dynamite really with Mm -hmm. how many bites that we were having yeah was nice to have a well-stocked pond um up there in the mountains but uh gosh just all those activities, you know, from from kickball to to fishing to those yard games to you know this, those heavier conversations with mm-hmm. beach balls of really opening up on who you are, um, who you want to be, who you see as yourself. Um, gosh, it just really brought out the, the the most broad spectrum of emotions and connection with people. Yeah, it was. Oh, can't Braveheart. We need to like play some music from Braveheart from James Horner. I know Mike is in a light up with James Horner, but uh, stay tuned. We'll wrap up the show with Deanne Zolke yes. after this break. You're listening to Nick Snacks on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. <laughs> Nick's next one of three point one and thirteen ten KFKA, or wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, iTunes, or thirteen ten KFKA.com. I haven't talked about it yet, but I am in the running for best local podcast for No Co. Wait, best of NoCo. Ooh. So if you haven't already voted yet, go to Noco Style Magazine, um, their best of Noco and write in Nick Snacks as the best local podcast. That would be so great to be included in all the voting that takes place in September. Oh, wow. Could you imagine? That'd be awesome. I'm going to have to go after all my guests because you need 50 votes in order to get registered. So please, if you haven't already, I would so appreciate that. Um, and give me a like and a follow on Spotify or iTunes so you can not miss another Nick Snacks. But uh, here we are back to Camp Braveheart um, with Deanne Zolke, who was one of the the co-leaders. You and Kristen were just Mm -hmm. rock stars the entire time. Um, So we're kind of wrapping up just the story. uh, That that second day, it was the one I missed out on because we were talking about breakthroughs. Mm -hmm. And that was a potential, you know, in our training. Like, ooh, a breakthrough, that sounds really cool. Um, and that 's where you just really get to open up and connect with a camper, you know kind of those one on ones, and we all the companions I think got along so well and were able to step in with with certain campers who may have been a little more challenging or where somebody could offer something different um, that that camper needed at that exact time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cool to see everyone swoop in to to help. And I had an opportunity with with one of Taylor's campers to, to take a little walk um, down by the pond. And at first, you know, the walls are up and then just they dissolved. It was like dissolving paper and um, just the outpouring of emotion and frustration and sadness and grief all at once. And then by the end of it, to be laughing and to be joyful and to be looking back and reflecting on what emotions had built up for it to just explode um, and for them to not necessarily be at peace with it, but just have that. Trust and that release. Oh my gosh, it was unlike anything I'd I'd mm-hmm. experienced before. I mean, truly to be a part of that, to watch another human being. And this one was much younger than I. Um, and just to be processing all of that was just I mean, I can't describe it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was the neatest absolute experience of camp was to have that breakthrough with even just one camper. Yeah. And is. does it happen? I mean, it didn't happen for everybody. Um, I, you've done more of these than I have. How how often does a breakthrough happen with, with a camper or even a companion,
0: too? Every single time we go to uh, – that I've done camp. And I think this was my – I want to say fourth year doing that, um, we always have um, several because that was your, one of your experiences, but I know there was other camp companions who had an opportunity to do that. So um, it might not be every camper, but yeah, you have those breakthroughs and those those moments for whatever reason that they are able to um, open up and just kind of release that pressure that we have built up for camp. I remember last year um, we were doing the Angry For It where you Take the um, swim noodle and you hit something and just let it out, and that opened it up for him. And he had an opportunity to just release it, and the tears came, and then he was able to talk. And so, all those little kind of those glimpses of opportunities—they are there. It, it is hard to explain. It's almost overwhelming because it's such a beautiful and yet um, private space that people allow you to have with them.
1: It's vulnerability yeah. at its max. Yeah. Um and one thing I was so impressed by is you know we had just met these these yeah. campers you know we're going up in a car together some of which are my campers some of which weren't um and you're not expected but you know you have an opportunity to create a relationship mm-hmm. in just a matter of for us it was 48 hours yeah um and how quickly um they kind of gravitated toward you how they trusted you mm-hmm. um how they trusted each other yeah. to be vulnerable and you know looking back It's not surprising. I'm not surprised with how kind of well I acclimated because as a private trumpet teacher, even uh, years ago, I I don't have much of a studio anymore. But I was based out of Loveland High School. And more often than not, my students were having breakdowns in my lessons than than almost practicing trumpet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, looking back and realizing it, I was one of the only safe adults that they had that wasn't a counselor, that wasn't a direct teacher or a parent. Yeah. I was a I was an outsider who had a personal um investment into them as a as their trumpet instructor to where they felt comfortable enough to me to share what was going on in school to share what was going on in their personal lives and just have a place um you know where I could listen or they had a voice. Mm-hmm. And I applied a lot of that of oh yeah this is what I did as a as a trumpet teacher and to give these these kiddos that same opportunity and space whenever they wanted to go on a walk and um Gosh, it was, just, and you know when the time is right, you know, mm-hmm. even because mm-hmm. I was waiting. I'm like, oh, this is my one-on-one with with so and so. This will be great, and we just we just chatted and built a rapport. But then again, you never knew when that big breakthrough moment was going to happen. I know one of my campers had a breakthrough with with Taylor, the other male um, companion. Yeah, and it was oh, it was just so such a neat experience. I can't even again, I can't describe it, yeah. and I know it's not for everybody. Yeah. Um, I think it does take a special person to be able to take on that. Weight that mm-hmm. that heaviness, that um but boy to do it with such grace and such poise and oh it was just remarkable.
0: Yeah, and they're amazing. And it, it blows my mind every year, you know, I'm crossing my fingers, crossing my toes that we have a good camp and that people will connect and they will bond. But when you have nineteen teens who don't know each other and how quickly they bond, by the time we get there, it's about a forty five minute ride. Um they've already started making the connections and they just allow themselves to just be in that space and it's beautiful i wish um, not only teens, but just people had more of that opportunity to connect with each other um, and have it. So it always blows my mind. And being a teen is it's it's tough. It's not easy, um, especially when you don't know each other and you think grief camp. Oh my gosh, we're going to be crying the whole time. But it's not like that. No, you know we laughed more than we, we laughed. cried. Yeah, we we had that great opportunity, and it is it, it's something that you'll carry with you forever. You know, I'll, I remember every single one of the camps and some of the kids really, you know, stand out in your in your mind and in your heart. So,
1: oh, gosh, great. I I was so again, thank you for for allowing me to. So I, I know that did. was a big risk. I'm sure no. Kristen was like, what the Who the heck is this I guy? Know, no, loves?
0: I knew you would be fantastic. And you did such a good job. That was I will say I didn't sleep a wink either night because <laughs> I had five tiny humans. We don't tell people that's how it is. <laughs> you no, know, exactly. Uh, oh, by the way, you don't you sleep. You won't be sleeping for the next 48 hours. Uh, Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was so exhausted emotionally and physically by the end of camp, yeah. but I was like, oh my gosh, is so and so still breathing? Okay, yeah, good. Oh, well, he's snoring. Oh, he's talking in his sleep. And mm-hmm. I was so aware of the responsibility I had. It's like, and the parents and the guardians to trust. Be strangers to go yeah. out there. Um, gosh, it was. I'm glad it wasn't longer than 48 hours. Yeah, that's that's yeah. about the that's capacity enough. we have. Mm-hmm. Um, Deanne and I were joking around afterwards, like, "So, can we just like <laughs> hang out afterwards? And maybe the <laughs> companions have their own camp afterwards to get over all the weight that we right. just brought in, the heaviness." Yeah. Um, but gosh, it was just it was so neat, and I applaud the kids for coming up and yeah. being vulnerable and taking that risk. Um, I know. It was so much fun. One of my and then another thing that I I remember was the affirmations mm-hmm. at the end and I am not a person who gets affirmations or takes them very well. It's very uncomfortable for me, very awkward, but boy, for every companion to go up uh, to have an opportunity to share something with one of their campers was just so neat in a room full of people yeah. of something they're going to remember about them or an experience that they had or or you know wishing them well for their future, but being very mm-hmm. detailed was so Powerful. Yeah. Um. It was just such a neat experience to be in that room and to see that energy. And it was it was sad to leave. I remember getting home Wednesday afternoon and just feeling like a little part of me was left behind. Mm-hmm. I, and I know it was. You know, a little piece of me will live on in Sky Corral Ranch. But uh,
0: right.
1: I mean, that was a moment of my life that I'm so grateful for for the opportunity to to, to what 25 lives were changed. I know. Yep. Um. There's not one person who walked away from that camp without. Having a, a monumental experience or a shift, I agree. Um, even me, I came back to work and I was stressed. But I go, you know, in hindsight, a lot of this is it will get done, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's not gonna. It doesn't compare with what we just experienced yeah it's like
0: do you know what i just did for the past three days uh, like this was huge
1: it was so neat and it's hard to talk about because i think that's a very private and special moment that i have mm-hmm. and we'll have with the other companions which i can't wait to have our barbecue i got to get some messages yes, sent out for I that no folks grief is everywhere it's inevitable if you're dealing with any sort of grief please reach out to the community grief center here in Greeley or wherever you might have that in your own community Um, Because that's what it is. It's a community of people working and cheering you on and and being there. So, DM, thank you for what you do for the community. Um, It's been a pleasure to get to know you even more. And can't wait to see what we're going to do and accomplish um, for our communities down the road. But thanks so much. This has been Nick Snacks. Tune in next week for an all-new episode. And that's our cutoff. Thank you.